All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live. Matt Larkin here. It's Friday, February 10th. I'm joined, of course, by Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst and associate editor. And Stephen, today our show is so loaded. The news cycle is just writing itself this show today. But how are you doing? Good. Like you, you were talking about before the show how uh, on dailyfaceoff.com, a story involving a player getting hit by a car was off the front page very quickly, just given how much news was yesterday. So uh, kind of an interesting time. That's right. As we always say, quoting Bob Cole, everything is happening. So let's put two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and talk about, of course, the big story of the past 24 hours. Steven, Vladimir Tarasenko is a New York Ranger. So is, of course, Nico Mikola. But we know this is all about Tarasenko, the big blockbuster. We see Tarasenko and Mikola go to the Rangers. 50% of Tarasenko's $7.5 million cap hit is retained. The Blues get Sammy Blay, pending UFA, Hunter Skinner, a prospect, a conditional 2023 first rounder and a conditional 2024 fourth rounder as well. So, Stephen, you're the prospect guy, so I want to hear more about your take on what the Blues got here. What is the haul, and are you happy with it from Doug Armstrong's perspective? I get that he's a rental, but this feels kind of underwhelming. When you look at it, I would have thought Tarasenko at least should have been able to get a pretty solid prospect. And the Rangers had some interesting ones. You could have even thrown Vitaly Kratsov in there. But uh, in this situation here, you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, Sammy Blaise is not a great player. He's been in the AHL this year. Hunter Skinner's been in the ECHL more often than not. I think one of the key things here being the, the first-round pick, that is nice because the, the, uh, the Blues don't have – um, a second round pick, so they will have two first rounders. But 
for a guy that when he's healthy, we know he could still produce and he's going to go put up some good numbers. The Rangers, you think the blues would get maybe a bit more of a premium on him, but uh, the fact they traded him that early and got that little, I guess that's a little concerning, but maybe what the other offers were, but this just didn't seem like enough for the type of player trading, even if it is just a rental. Yeah, I graded the trade if you look right now on dailyfaceoff.com and I gave the Blues a C plus. I was trying to be realistic because they didn't have a ton of leverage here. We of course know it's been two years now since Tarasenko made that trade request and it was never officially rescinded. So he's a pending UFA, you know he's not staying here. There's been an injury history. He was even recently dealing with that hand injury. So there wasn't a ton of leverage. I still was a bit underwhelmed just in the sense that you also gave up a pretty decent third pair defenseman, Nico Mikola, you retained salary. So I, I give the win on the deal, of course, to the Rangers. Yes, they didn't go for the top tier option like a Timo Meyer, but I guess they decided the cost there was a little too prohibitive. They get an A minus in my books. They still get a very important addition to their forward core and it allows you to keep the kid line together, of course. But now you're seeing the possibility. It seems in the morning skate today, the nuclear option line, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Tarasenko out there together. And I think the Rangers, they could use that little shot in the arm, the little extra bit of depth. Their power play has sagged a bit compared to last year. So you're going to see a nice addition there with Tarasenko. And I think also just as Frank Cervelli, our own Frank Cervelli, wrote earlier leading up to the deadline about Mikola, you can never have too many good depth defensemen if you're a playoff contender. So the Rangers much deeper. I think they're at the top of the heap now of Stanley Cup contenders. So I want to stick in the Metro division, actually, Stephen, because we see in the last two weeks, we have the Rangers getting Tarasenko. We have Bo Horvat getting or going to the New York Islanders. So I'm wondering now, is there pressure on the other big dogs in that division, specifically the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils? All due respect to the Penguins and Capitals, I don't think they're in the same tier. Do you feel like you have to answer the bell now if you're Carolina or New Jersey? For sure. I think when I first was looking at my potential Stanley Cup picks, I did pick the Rangers in the summer, but then I changed my mind to the Carolina Hurricanes, going out there and getting some good players. But uh, obviously not having Pacioretty um, for a while, uh, at least to start the season and now going forward, uh, that's a huge loss. It's going to take a lot to kind of fill that gap. And they were kind of expecting him to be there and put up a lot of goals. So uh, I think going out there and getting a big, type of free agent is kind of what you got to do at this point. They were Tarasenko was definitely one of the goals um, for the devils. I, I, I'm very cautious about them making any big deals right now because I don't think they have what it takes to to go all the way. And I, I think they still need to focus on the future because with the prospects they have, this is a team where they can make this a long-term thing where they're competitive for a while. Um, so I, I, I don't want them to make any big drastic moves there. But with the Hurricanes, this is kind of their window. They've been in it for a couple of years. This is the time to take that next step. So seeing the, the Rangers going on and doing that, I think, yeah, you got to make a move soon. Yeah, I think we're mostly in agreement here. I think there's plenty of pressure on the Canes. They're tracking for their highest points percentage in franchise history right now. And they've been sort of knocking on the door during the Rod Brindamore era. They can't break through and get to a Stanley Cup final. So they've got to answer the bell, especially because you have the LTIR space freed up $7 million with Pacioretty going there. They have to weaponize that. And I don't know if it means chasing a really big fish like a, like a Timo Meyer, or maybe addressing what you need more from a hockey perspective, which I think is that number two center because they've lost, of course, Vincent Trocek. He's a New York Ranger. And I don't think Isperi Kotkaniemi or Paul Stastny has been up to the job. So that's a big need. I'm wondering if you're kicking the tires now on Ryan O'Reilly now that it's clear that the Blues are in full sell mode. And for the Devils, I, I agree with you, especially it depends a lot on, on Jack Hughes' health because we know right now he's got that, that injury that's sounds like it's week to week. So if he's hurt, then of course all bets are off. If we know he's going to be okay, 
I do think there's at least potential for if you're if you're acquiring a piece that can help you beyond this season. So if you're the Devils and you can get a Timo Meyer to pair on a line with Nico Heischer, then I think you have to consider it and take that big swing. Otherwise, I'm mostly in agreement with you. I think this team is just starting its its Stanley Cup contention window. So you don't have to rush it. You don't have to chase a rental like a Patrick Kane, anybody like that. So I think if you're Tom Fitzgerald, you can sort of play it relatively cautiously. Uh, we're going to keep the trade deadline talk going, Stephen, and look at another asset that might be someone that the mid-tier contenders might target. He's not going to be the, the biggest fish in the pond, but could still help put teams over the top. And that's James Van Riemsdyk. You're going to see him featured this weekend as part of our trade deadline countdown, countdown on dailyfaceoff.com. So, Stephen, when you look at JVR at this stage of his career, he's 33 years old. He's still on pace for 20 goals. He's a good dressing room guy, pretty well-liked around the league. If you're looking, what does he bring at this stage of his career to a contender, and where do you think he fits? Well, it's funny. I'll start with where I think he fits is actually New Jersey. I feel like this is a guy that would kind of fit in their system well, a guy who can be the big body, stand in front of the net, and get the shooter shooting. But this is a guy that has had to do a lot for a team that doesn't have much going for them right now. And, you know, JVR's numbers have been hit or miss the last couple of years, but I think when he's really good, he's very tough to beat because he's the six foot three guy over 200 pounds. He plays the game kind of like a power forward. And I think he's one of the more interesting players in front of the net where, you know, he's not the, like, yeah, he's got the size, but he's not out there just screen the goalie. He's out there and he's, he's just getting in people's faces. He's not kind of this, he's obviously not a dirty player, but he's kind of someone where he's got the muscle that you're not kind of expecting him to, be as effective necessarily in all these assets but i like that this is a guy that can still put up points at this age and i think he's 33 years old right now at this point um but i i think it's always good when you see a guy producing on a bad team and i think that that point there he's not going to cost a lot he's kind of this underrated player um but Again, I kind of like him in front of the net. So if you got something where you got these goal scorers, he can set those guys up, but then he can be that guy in front of the net that creates havoc. So uh, I think there'll be enough teams looking at him. Yeah, especially if the Flyers are willing to retain salary. I think it's a must because they're not going to be dishing out that $7 million cap hit to any contender because just given where Van Riemsdyk is at this stage of his career, he's not going to be worth anything close to that. So you're probably going to have to retain 50% to make a deal work. Maybe you can get a mid to late round pick for him. And we kind of know who he is at this stage of his career. He's not the 30 goal scorer that he was at his peak, but like you said, he's still got that good net front presence. He's still arguably an above average player just at that specific duty. So I think if you're a team that just can't, whether it's for cap reasons or your whatever assets you have to trade, you can't afford to take a big swing, maybe Van Riemsdyk is sort of a consolation prize. I'm thinking of a team maybe like the Dallas Stars, the Calgary Flames, maybe a team like the Minnesota Wild that's sort of floating on that bubble right now, really slumping, maybe hoping to get a piece that can help them be competitive, but they're not in a good enough position in the standings to take a really big swing and sacrifice future, someone like that. So I do think we'll see Van Riemsdyk moved more likely to a, a mid-tier type of contender. So, Stephen, it's Friday. It's time to head to the virtual bar and buy a couple of beers, the buy a beer segment. So who are you buying a cold one for today? You know, usually when I've done this, I've looked at, at people who who just need a bit of relief, who've had a rough time. But this time I'm going to give it to Yammer Yager, who's having a great time playing for his own team, Cladno, in the Czech League. And, you know, he's put up 11 points in 19 games this year, which I think is, you know, this is not the KHL. This is not the Swedish Hockey League, but it's still a pretty strong European Pro League. A lot of these guys can make good livings here. 
but he's 50 years old. He's still playing really well. He's playing on a team with Thomas Bacanich. It's a group that Clyde know where they're always kind of trying to fight to stay in the top league because they do have a relegation format. So he's got to go out there and he basically kind of had to save the team when they were dealing with injuries. And he said it himself. He didn't really know if he wanted to keep playing again, but he came back. He's 50 years old, still playing. I just, I, I, I just hope he, when he gives up, it's because his body just can't take it anymore. Because this guy's just so much fun to watch. Like I, I got to watch a few of his games, and it's like you, you can't tell he's fifty years old. I, I love the pick, and it's crazy. He, when is he going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame? He hasn't even started his clock yet. I feel like he's going to be seventy-five years old, and we're finally going to have to just wave it to get him in. I'm just waiting for that ceremony. Great pick. Uh, I'm buying a beer for Rasmus Anderson of the Calgary Flames, and. I want to just celebrate life with him because of the major scare he had. Of course, a couple nights ago, was hit by a car while riding a scooter in Detroit. He was on his way to join teammates for dinner. From what we know, he's obviously shaken up, but he's just in a day-to-day situation, so it could have been a lot worse. And in that case, we can raise a glass and say, rest up. The Flames, of course, are going to need you for the stretch run, but also just we're happy that you're alive, Rasmus, and here's to you. That's a toast, Rasmus Anderson. Okay, Stephen, it's time for Icebreakers. We're bringing in Daily Faceoff's own Frank Saravalli. We're talking the new Trade Targets War, which is coming out today. The deck is going to be shuffled after yesterday's big trade. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, it's time for Icebreakers brought to you by our friends at Montana's. And we are welcoming to his home ice, if you will, DFO president of hockey content, Frank Cervalli. Frank, we're three weeks out from the trade deadline. How are you hanging in, my friend? I'm good. It's been a grind. You've been helping me and Steven has along the way with our deadline countdown series. Uh, Nice to see 21 weeks left. We'll be in the teens next week. We had one story every day starting at 60 days out. So these fat fingers have been typing a lot. It's hard to believe 60 straight days of coverage as part of our countdown on Daily Faceoff. So we're what, 39 stories in? It's a blur right now. But let's talk trade targets, Frank. And the highest riser on your board, which is coming out today, is Ivan Barbashev in St. Louis, which makes sense. Of course, Doug Armstrong, he's activated that seller switch 
So what is the market right now for Barbashev coming off, obviously, a really strong season last year and not quite the same player this year? Yeah, I think that's sort of the complicating factor for teams as they try and figure out exactly what they're getting in Ivan Barbashev. I think the big issue has been the consistency of his compete level, but I think teams see that 26-goal, 60-point season last year and say, hey, can I pull that out of him again on a really inexpensive contract and have him for a playoff run to then figure out what I want to do next as a pending unrestricted free agent. So um, it was interesting last week, his agent in Dan Milstein had very publicly refuted my report saying that uh, Barbashev will not be resigned in St. Louis. I hold firm on that reporting, just for the record there, Mr. Milstein. Uh, I do believe that Barbashev has been told indeed to expect a trade. And I would expect that to materialize over these next 21 days. There's been real interest. And I think there's also been pretty significant interest in the sense that I, I think the return could be sneaky, that I think there's a chance, an outside chance, that Barbashev could fetch what would be a very late first round pick. So uh, certainly some interest in Barbashev as we get closer to the deadline. Frank, you see there, Eric Carlson's also moving up there. What's it going to take for him to get dealt? It's going to take the San Jose Sharks to retain more, I believe, than just the 18 to 20% that they currently have on the table. Either that or their ask is going to have to change you know, in a pretty drastic way because what we know is the ask when they retained 18 or 20% was three first-round picks or pick equivalents in exchange for Carlson. And I know that he's been at an incredibly elite level this season, 70 points, and is second in the league in assists tied with Connor McDavid. But with that contract as the highest paid defenseman in the NHL, with the term remaining four years left on his deal, I think the Sharks are going to, instead of 18 to 20%, which would knock him down to the nine to nine and a half range, I think they need to get in the $7 million range in order to be able to command a, a significant return of assets. And I think what you would get if you were to dip even further, if you're the Sharks, what's really the difference between retaining two or four or five and seven, five on Carlson's contract? You're rebuilding, so you shouldn't be near the cap. I think the opportunity should be on the table for the Sharks to retain as much as 50% to really make the asset return worth their while. Because as currently constituted, that wasn't moving the needle for teams. That'll be pretty epic if that trade goes down. Uh, Frank, uh, another name that intrigues me uh, on the board right now, sort of a late bloomer, former first rounder, and maybe took a while to grow into his, his skin. And now looking like a pretty decent power forward, big body, can score a little bit, throws a lot of hits. Lawson Krause of the Arizona Coyotes. What are you thinking right now in terms of his availability, given there's term left there? Yeah, he's actually a new addition to the list. And uh, I believe he had popped up on the radar of some teams, given that term, on a pretty reasonable contract in the $4 million range. And when you take a look at Krause, as you mentioned, uh, in the first year of this five-year $21.5 million deal that pays him 4.3, he's had a strong season this year with 16 goals, kind of busted through last year, hit 20 for the first time. And I think it's the big body at six foot four, 220 pounds, as you mentioned, that really intrigues teams. Um, with Kraus, I, I think the Coyotes are perfectly comfortable hanging on to him. But I think teams look at that goal scoring touch that he's shown of late and say, hey, I wonder if there's a sort of Jacob Chikrin type 
uh, value here in that cost certainty that comes with Kraus and that contract. So clearly the Coyotes not burned at all by signing him to that contract, may have even increased his value, put some real money in Kraus's pocket. I think the one lingering question for teams is Lawson Kraus doesn't really have any big game experience. He's played in a couple playoff games with the Coyotes, but short of that, he's someone that has largely been untested and played his games outside of the spotlight in both Florida and Arizona. Um, didn't make it to the NHL, of course, with Florida, but that's the organization that he was in. And so a lot of people are curious, what would he look like if you shined a spotlight on him and put him in a big market? Speaking of big markets, Bertuzzi and Vron are new names available in Detroit. What's the market like for them? And is Yeiserman committed to selling off these pieces? I think he's intrigued. That's the best way to put it about selling off those pieces. And I would also include um, Oli Mata on that list as well. He's going to be uh, sneaking in uh, very late on our trade targets board. That's going to be coming up uh, later today on dailyfaceoff.com. I, I think everything's on the table for the Detroit Red Wings. And I think it starts with solving the Dylan Larkin question first and getting your cap situation ironed out before you then can then really even entertain what someone like Bertuzzi might look like uh, if he were to be extended. Verona's in a different case, of course, because he was in the NHL's uh, substance abuse program earlier this season, uh, has come back, is now playing in Grand Rapids. A lot of people were curious to see for someone that is such a talented goal scorer at the NHL level, fourth in the league in goals per 60 minutes over the last three seasons, ahead of someone like Alex Ovechkin, that of course is at even strength only, by the way, but a supremely talented goal scorer at the NHL level that has one more year on his deal at five and a quarter million dollars. He's someone that I think teams believe is destined toward a buyout this summer for the Red Wings. And if that is the case, would the Red Wings be willing to retain the amount that would then be uh, handed out on the buyout as far as their cap to then move off of Verona and get a piece in return? So I think some teams are investigating that option. I think they want to find out more information about what Verona has been up to, uh, both on and off the ice before making that judgment. But Verona and Bertuzzi. I think Bertuzzi is someone that obviously coming off of his injury um, had a you know, great year last year and is in a spot to really be an impact player with all the different ways that he touches the game. Two really intriguing pieces that the Red Wings can move if they decide that they want to be active on that front. But like I said, I think everyone's curious over these next 21 days if Steve Eiserman decides to play hardball with Dylan Larkin Will he end up on the market as well? No evidence of that yet, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Okay, great stuff, Frank. Before we let you go, I just want to get a quick temperature on the Timo Meyer situation, just in the sense that we have another big domino falling yesterday. Is there a sense of intensity of team's pursuit of Meyer right now, sort of wanting to respond to the Rangers? I don't get the sense. I don't think there's really an arms race. I think... Timo Meyer probably not um, someone that's going to linger until the last day, but I don't know that yesterday's trade of Vladimir Tarasenko really fires up the engines for everyone. Um, the Rangers, of course, had done plenty of due diligence on Meyer, and I believe he was really their number one fit and number one target, but acquisition cost and contract cost to then keep Meyer on the back end of it push them to go in another direction with Tarasenko. I think they also investigated James Van Riemsdyk, looked at a couple other wingers that might be pretty decent fits, 
and decided that when on the balance of all those things that we talked about, Tarasenko is the best fit. Meyer still lingers and it's going to be expensive both in, in acquisition costs and more importantly, you're looking at a seven times nine or eight times nine deal for Timo Meyer on the other end of it. That's right. Well, thanks, Frank. Keep grinding, my friend. Three weeks to go. And this segment, of course, of Icebreakers was brought to you by Montana's, their fantastic lineup of daily deals. Head to montanas.ca to learn more. Also, we gave away a $50 gift card earlier this week on our Instagram, Twitter accounts. And next week, we're upping that prize again. Stay tuned. And I'm just, I'm getting excited for the Super Bowl, by the way. I'm thinking, looking at these daily deals, I might, I might take the plunge Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you, Montana's. Okay, Stephen, moving on now to our DFO inbox question, and it's a great one. Uh, we have a Ducks fan here, Mike Petra, wanting to know, outside of John Klingberg, who's pretty much guaranteed to go, what other players could Anaheim look to sell off, and, and what could they fetch in return? What do you think, my friend? Well, the one name that kind of just went right to my mind was Dmitry Kulikov. He's just kind of the guy that teams always just like acquiring him he's moved around a bunch in his career he's this physical body you know he he can play well enough defensively and i think for a playoff team you know defensive depth is never a bad thing and there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him so he's kind of the one that stands out to me uh, another one being adam henrique a guy that was on waivers a couple of years ago and now is kind of really just continues to put up uh, uh good numbers he's a nascar fan i have to mention that that's important uh as a nascar fan myself but he uh he's a guy where it's like you know, if you don't get Ryan Riley, Ryan O'Reilly, maybe he's the guy you target instead. Yeah, good thinking there. And I, I looked at the UFAs that Anaheim has on D. Of course, you have Kevin Shattenkirk as well, Kulikov, like you mentioned. But even if you factor in salary retention there, I just don't think they're playing at a high enough level to be very appealing if you're a buyer team right now. But I'm looking at Enrique, like you said, especially if you factored in the idea of retaining salary on the $5.85 million cap hit, which extends to next year. So you get a two-year rental. This guy averages in six seasons with the Ducks, 26 goals per 82 games. He can play left wing or center. He's above average on face-offs. I think that's a really nice sleeper addition that we're not hearing brought up very often in trade talk. But I, I would be looking at him as sort of a fallback option if he's available indeed. Okay, Stephen, that brings us to our daily face-off points bet daily bet segment with Tyler Uremchuk. Tyler, it was a big slate last night. How did you do? Ah, only went one for three, but we nailed the plus money puck line bet. So it could it could have been worse, I guess. Could have been worse. Uh, we are still up just a little bit of money since returning from the All-Star break. So looking to get more into the profit range here with three plays tonight. It's a bit of a smaller slate, but let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with that matchup at the top there. Seattle Kraken and the New York Rangers. The Kraken got beat pretty bad by the New Jersey Devils last night on the road, and now they're playing the second of back-to-backs, and they have to face a Rangers team that could be going right back with Igor Shesterkin between the pipes. Seven straight games for Shesterkin, where he's allowed three goals or less. Also, Harrisenko debut potentially tonight. With the Rangers, I know he was skating on their top line earlier this morning. I love this plus 130 puck line price tag. The Rangers let me down earlier in the week, only winning by one against Vancouver. But I like them to cover tonight against a, uh, well, tired Seattle team who just played last night. And secondly, I also like the Leafs on the puck line tonight. Ilya Samsonov could be going between the pipes, Corpusalo for Columbus. And I just think Toronto, flat out better team here. They got, you know, a little bit more to play for, I guess, than a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets. So a couple of puck line plays for this evening and my shot prop parlay 
finding two players where the line is set at one and a half and taking both overs. Jaden Schwartz and Kirill Marchenko. Schwartz has hit this thing in in seven of his last 10, but in his last five games, he's racked up 14 shots on net, almost averaging three a game over his last five. We only need him to get two tonight. I like that. And Marchenko in that game against the Leafs, he's hit this mark in eight of his last 10, and he's racked up 12 in his last five games as well. So they've both been crushing it as of late. You play them together, you get it at plus 128. So a little plus money Friday to wrap things up with the shot prop parlay, Matt. I like it, Tyler, especially because I picked up Kirill Marchenko in fantasy like an hour ago. So I'm hoping you're right about those shots. I'd be looking for a Tarasenko shot prop anywhere I could find it as well, just because there's going to be some adrenaline there firing that biscuit. Okay, Stephen, we're going to finish it off. Thanks to Tyler. We're going to finish it off with garbage time. And I'm 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 tempted to just pivot and devote this segment to chirping you for saying Steve, Steve Yeiserman. It's Iserman, my friend. Yeiserman. Where'd you get Yeiserman? But I'm going to leave that be and just going to get that one pot shot in and, and talk about something a little more serious. And that is the handling of the Kale McCarr hit from Jeff Carter the other night. And my issue, Stephen, here is not with the hit specifically. If you look at Jeff Carter's history, this player has never been fined or suspended in his NHL career. He's not a dirty player. And my understanding from the league is that there was not a sense that this was intentional. It was sort of an accidental collision. I actually do believe that. My issue is with the concussion protocol. So we know Kale McCarr left this game. He returns to the game. Supposedly, he cleared the protocol. And it's not a good sign when I said to myself, watching, I said, he's going he's gonna to miss the next game. And it turns out he's going to miss at least two games with a head injury. And to me, that is a sign. If you can be cleared according to the current protocol, come back to a game and then be ruled out with a head injury the next day, something is clearly broken with this protocol in terms of how safely we are evaluating these head injuries. Do you agree or not? I agree. And kind of going back to the hit itself, it did not to me look like it was intentional. You look at it the way Carter was coming, McCarr had just turned and then got hit. So that did not look intentional to me, but I, I'm, I'm very bullish on headshots. I, if any headshot, anytime, any head contact, I want that player out for a, a, at least like it wasn't long there. He came back and now he's out for a little bit, but that's something where from a car, I wish he did not play the rest of the game. There was no need to, um, you know, this is, you got to think about the long-term goal here, which is making the playoffs and win the Stanley cup. It didn't matter if you didn't win that game, but for a car going out there, when you have that any head contact, that's just so dangerous to, to bring back another racing reference. Last year, we were seeing a lot of drivers get concussions. And in a couple of those cases, the drivers that, got concussions continued the race that they were in where like they hurt their head and then they'd miss a bunch of time and it's just like things like that we just can't let happen what we know which is why you know like in the WHF they're really strict any head contact that player's got to sit out a bit and there's also the penalties but there was no reason for McCarr to return like you said and I just I, I don't get that decision I get that he's an important player but you could sit him out for a little bit yeah, and of course, we know Sidney Crosby is the most famously documented example of second impact syndrome in hockey. He came back after it was the David Steckel hit and Victor Hedman, I think, were the two hits within a span of a few days. And that is the big risk of bringing Kale McCarr back in the same game. What if he takes another shot to the head? The results could have been catastrophic. So I do think we have to look into those protocols and just consider reevaluating exactly what constitutes being safe to return to a game. Well, Stephen, that is it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thank you to Stephen. Thank you to Frank Valley. Thank you to Tyler Remchuk, our head of production, Alex Allard. Thank you to Steve Yeiserman. And we'll be back on Monday at noon Eastern. Until then, we've got you covered with lots of trade deadline stuff. Dailyfaceoff.com all weekend long. Thank you and happy 45th wedding anniversary, mom and dad. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.